All right, guys. Titles. Go. Long fingers. Slapped by an Avery. Until right now. COVID Valley. Everybody is a fuck. Bogey fingers. <laughs> do I have to shoot it? <laughs> and most I can do. All right. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm you. Forbes. I'm Kev. Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, let's see. Um, I got a voltmeter in the mail um, because I've got a, a breaker downstairs. It's you know buzzing off and on. So I got the voltmeter so I can maybe not kill myself when I replace it. I'm thinking about seeing if I can attach some tinfoil and some coat hangers to the ends of it and make an EMF uh, meter. I don't know. I'm going to see what I can do. Um, to go to the Chinese buffet tomorrow because it's Avery's birthday. We're going to Walmart too. That's always fun. I look forward to Walmart every week. Um, Which yeah, Chinese buffet? Uh, probably Empire. Where's that? The one in Meadowdale? Yeah, no. Erie Boulevard. Erie Boulevard. Boulevard. Actually, you know, the, 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 this whole thing is basically there's not a whole lot going on except for Avery's birthday. Um, we are, she turns uh, 10 tomorrow. So it's a, decaded, a decade of derpidence, as I'm, I'm calling it. Um, yep, decade of derpidence. Um, we are going to be uh, t- going, actually, tomorrow for lunch. She wants, her mother has to take her to McDonald's and Burger King to get stuff from both places and bring it back for lunch. Oh. And then she wants to go to the Chinese buffet for dinner. And then Saturday, we're having a party with friends and family. Not really a party. It's like a drive-by thing uh, with an ice cream truck. We're getting nice. an ice cream truck to pull up and, you know, give everyone ice cream and then we pay for it. Yes. Um, that's always a good time. The, the ringy uh, ding ice cream man kind of truck? I, I guess so. It's a awesome. I mean, I mean, if a guy shows up in a in a red pickup with rust spots and a cooler in the back, I'm I'm not paying him twenty five bucks for uh, drive time. That's for sure. <laughs> but if he um, shows up with a white van with no windows, <laughs> ice cream sprayed on the side. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, I don't know. Some of the parents might want to let the kids uh, go inside and uh, turn it <laughs> but, but we'll see. Depends on how crazy uh, the, the kids drive. But yeah, then we're, that, that's this whole week is consumed with that. So I don't have anything um, really that has me super excited. Just trying to survive Avery's birthday week. Yeah, she had an alarm set for on her on her Fitbit for two a.m. to get up and start celebrating. Oh, nice. Yeah, we we had to to stop that. I hope. <laughs> I'd stop that too. <laughs> right with a quickness. Hey, and you, you know, know the, the, you can get up at two. I'm going to sleep until eight. <laughs> the funny thing is, for a kid that celebrates, she, she's all excited. She thinks this is going to be the best birthday, the best few days of her life ever. You know, what did you do when it was coming up on your birthday? Were you nice? Did you treat your parents well? I don't think because I you thought changed. they were going to do stuff. Okay, she slapped me in the face this morning. Well, what did you say? When she slapped Ow. me in the face, yeah. <laughs> the, next, the next time you do that, will be your last. No, no, no. Before she did it. Oh, no. it was because. I got her pancakes. She likes little frozen chocolate chip pancakes. So uh-huh. we keep in the freezer, made her a batch. She comes, I want more. I'm like, and I'm in the middle of, of making and drinking my morning smoothie. I'm like, well, I'm having my breakfast. Get the pancakes out of the freezer. She goes, she picks the bag up, not looking at what she's doing and flings the last two pancakes across the floor and starts screaming at me that it's my fault because I didn't put them away right. Not that she didn't watch what she was. I put them in the fucking bag. I mean, what, what else am I supposed to do? Staple it shut? Okay. You know, it's a bag. So she's yelling at me and I'm like, it's not my fault. You don't pay attention. And that's when she slapped me. <laughs> did she oh. give me a, what did the five fingers say to the face? No, she didn't. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> so her eyes went that's... wide when I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the next time you do that, will be Four your fingers last. Oh, it's still a but finger. Yeah. I'm not talking about with you guys about my daughter and fingers. So I, I know we're in conversation. Why did you go there? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> That's just well, well, wrong. How, how, how many conversations we've had have, have like devolved into a, uh, well, two in the pink and one in the stink? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Paul does. That's come up. I I do, but I even as much of a scumbag as I am, I even have a line where I'm not going to discuss this with my buddy's kids. I didn't think you would talk about (laughs) connecting the two things specifically. I'm just not comfortable talking about my daughter and people you think we are with you guys. (laughs) I'm first. That's disgusting and a lot funny. (laughs) <laughs> how about you corbs what's got you geek uh just for me it's relief um i mentioned to paul today uh kelly my girlfriend actually had uh surgery today oh. she had a uh that's why i was at upstate today uh, i took her this morning to for pre-op and all that stuff dropped her off to get surgery they found a uh volleyball sized mass on one of her ovaries a what sized Volleyball. 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 Yeah, yeah I, I thought I was I was not what? hearing that correctly. Yeah. What so, the fuck? Yeah, about that, but yeah. But right on her on one of her ovaries. So um good thing about it is it wasn't cancerous. They tested it beforehand, but because it was so big they wanted to remove it. So she was there today. Um I got the phone call about one o'clock that she was out of surgery, everything went well. So, and she's up there now and she's resting. I stopped up and saw her for a few minutes because I had to take my son 
to his back to school barbecue today. He went and got a schedule, got to walk around the school and, and whatnot. So we did that. So I couldn't stay up there until because I, I they called um when she was in recovery, she was still kind of out of it, so they hadn't gotten her a room yet. So when I got there, they still had the room. So and I said to the nurses, well, I'm not going to – I have her stuff. You know, I brought her stuff up. She wanted me to bring, you know, she had a suitcase packed with some clothes that she would wear home and all that stuff, her phone and her glasses and stuff like that. So I brought her out there, and I'm like, is it all right if I just leave it up there? Can I come up and just see her real quick? Because I'm not going to be here when you guys get her in a room or whatever, because it was going to be at least another hour – and I had to, we had to be there at four. It was, that would have put it at three thirty, and I wouldn't have gotten all the way back home and then back to the school by four o'clock. So not at that time down there. So so they let me come in and see her and stuff. I mean, she was still pretty groggy and out of it, but so and I haven't heard from her tonight. So she's probably still out, pretty much out of it. I didn't expect to hear it from her tonight, but she is doing okay. Everything was fine. They did exactly what they were supposed to do for her and. Now she's just got to recover. They said six weeks recovery time. So, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I just googled it because I, I was still in shock. But yeah, apparently that's that's like a real thing. Volleyball, basketball size. Yeah. I was just like wondering. I mean, okay, she if she has a, a tumor that big on her ovary, is she keeping it in a pocket dimension? I mean, I wouldn't think that something that big could fit inside. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Yeah. And she was she was never in any pain. And they, they couldn't understand why. They're like, this is something that size, you should be in pain. She's like, every once in a while, like when I'd roll over, it would, I would feel like I would have pain in my stomach, but that's it. It wouldn't be anything other than that. She's like, laying down, it didn't hurt. Walking around, it didn't hurt. Sitting. Wasn't sticking out or anything? No. No. So when she went to see her female doctor, they, um, they were like, oh, you know, they came in to do the, 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 sonogram or whatever. And she's like, oh, your bladder looks like it's full. Go, why don't you go try to go to the bathroom so we can get a good, She's like, look, look, I just went to the bathroom before I got in here. She said, well, your bladder's full. She's like, okay. So we'll go ahead and try it. So five minutes, she was in the bathroom. She couldn't go. She came back and said, I can't go. So they were like, oh, okay, something's not right here. So they looked again, and they're so they called the doctor in. And the doctor's like, oh, we need to send you up to um, upstate cancer. That's where they sent her to make sure it wasn't cancer. Oh, man. So, yeah, scary so shit. It was, yeah, it was pretty scary. She was kind of freaked out about it. Until I said, I'm like, you can't can't go there first you gotta find out what's going on first we'll deal with it when it comes up you know she's like why are you so calm i'm like because there's no reason to be upset if something comes up then shit will change but no sense of jumping to the worst if you're not there yet so but thank god she's okay so so is this something that happened in a, in a year or, I mean, she, had, no she, she has no clue. Winning. She didn't have the same examination a year ago. Or, I, I don't know. I don't know about I, the I, schedules of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when her last OBGYN appointment is. I don't know if they didn't notice it at the time, if it wasn't this, that size and all of a sudden in the oh, year yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever. So like, I don't know because I, I haven't, you know, her and I didn't discuss that whole part of it. I don't even know if she asked the doctor the, the, that whole situation. So. Wow. So yeah, I'm up and see her tomorrow after work. So I don't know what she's doing and whatnot. So, so she asked if you would uh, make sure to edit this and have it up as soon as possible. Oh, so she has something to. Uh... So she can let's do it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. There you go. Yeah, she'll see us talking about her. <laughs> yes. Cool. She'll enjoy that. So yeah, we'll make well. sure we make sure we'll make sure we don't make any finger jokes about your girlfriend. <laughs> oh, see, see, he 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 gets the. Uh, the guarantee, I don't. 
he didn't get a guarantee from me. I just saying. I just said we won't. I'm not saying we won't do it off camera, but <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kelly, you know, speedy recovery. You know, we can see that Corbs is really broken up about this. He's a man of much emotion. We see. Um, yeah, he looks it. See, and that, that that was my thing is you tell the story about how you're staying calm. It's like I've never seen that man not in that mode. Like that's just who Corbs is. He's he's the ice man. There's you know, there's no like I told you, there's no reason to get I mean when it's time to get upset, trust me. I'm 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 there. Like if it's something that was wrong and it was something else, yeah, I would I would be a mess. But I'm I'm always that guy that you, you can't go to the the dark side until you need to get to the dark side. Stay positive. You know, if it, if shit is if it if it's your time, it's your time. There's Sorry. no sense in having extra distress right. and then find yeah. out you didn't need to be distressed. Right. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, when, I, when she told me about it at first, I was upset. You know, I was worried, but well, yeah. I'm not going to let her know that I was upset and worried about it. because Until right now. Right now. Right. <laughs> but, well, in, on the same note, like we're saying, you didn't need to get there. I mean, yes, when I, I mean, she told me about it. You know, I talked to my mom about it, stuff like that, just because, you know, I need to have somebody to talk to about it and whatnot, but you know, when I when I see her and when I talk to her about it, it was always like, well, let's just wait and find out and stuff like that. Just, to, I, you know, doing everything I could to keep her calm. And then I said, well, you know, yeah. if, it, if it's something that we need to worry about, then we'll worry about it at that time. Yeah. If it's not, then we just go about. There's a, and I don't, you know, the, I don't think the doctor was. Excuse me. The, you know, I don't think they were like really concerned, but because of the size. Mm-hmm. They wanted to remove it. Oh yeah. So if it wasn't if it wasn't that size, I don't think they would have removed it. But because it was so big, they were like, "We gotta, you know, we don't want it to. If it's first of all, if it's cancer, we don't want it to spread." Right. So and then when they were in there, they checked it had to spread. It was just localized to that one spot. So so they removed it. So. I don't know if you call this morbid curiosity, but I am curious about what the mass is made up of. Yeah, I'm kind of curious I mean, myself. Yeah. What is what extra materials are there in the body that allow right. that sort of thing to grow and, and you know be created and yeah. formed together like that? Puppies and kittens. God, I hope that's not what she had inside her. <laughs> this is taking a turn already. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, all right. I, I, I don't know. And I obviously I didn't, I didn't see the doctor. I mean, I, I guess that's a question that I, you could ask, but I don't know. It's made up it. of all the plastics and subway bread. That's a lot. So it's, basi- it's basically the dam at the end of the river. <laughs> well, that's where all the stuff stops. It's just forms there. Yeah. I don't know. So. Okay. No, again, <laughs> best wishes. That's that's all I got, <laughs> and and I will edit as fast as I can. So, so appreciate it. So I think he. Ask you. I think he just posts it. I think he just hits post. I don't think he really does any editing. That's. Huh. I don't think he's supposed to know that. There's not much really needed to be edited, though. I mean, you got to throw some commercials and and whatnot in there, but apparently nobody watched the last episode, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I Nobody... Why? What'd you do? 
Oh, let's just say everybody has their own intro to their segment now. Oh, what did you do? You'll have to watch and see. And for those of you who have watched, let me know what you think. They're all they're all unique. And and I think they're 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 pretty perfect. But Kev, what's got you geeked? I don't know how the hell I'm gonna follow all that, but Jesus. Oh, I don't know. We got game night coming up tonight or uh, Friday night. Um, I haven't really invited many people yet. I always wait till the last minute to invite anybody. Um, don't really know what we're doing. Our kitchen is completely tore apart because we're getting uh, new countertops. It's the first part of everything else that's going on in the kitchen. We got a lot of got a lot of stuff playing countertops and new new look to the cabinets. We had some cabinets modified and. Um, I got, we had a wall oven taken out and made a cabinet out of it. Took another section of cabinets out completely. And uh, so they'll all get, um, actually, they're getting uh, stripped and painted. And then um, new hardware after the, after the countertops and then flooring. We're going to do flooring and that should be, that should be the end of it. Um, so the kitchen's all tore apart. So we got to keep it kind of small. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so game night. Uh, Friday night, and then um, I don't know. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go uh, do another practice ride for that rally I've got in September, but that takes me through Happy Valley not once but twice. And now, after the conversation we had off camera before we started tonight, I'm not really so sure I want to do that, even though it's gonna be well, actually, when I leave, it'll be daylight, when I come back, it'll be dark, and I'm gonna do it by myself. Yeah, yeah. No. Not by yourself. You need your support team to do it. That's yeah. what you need. I, need. I need a freaking shot in the head. What I need. That won't help. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mean, if you, if you need a, a minister, I mean, you got two of them in your crew here. Just, just saying. My, so. you know, I'll let Kathy know to call you if you know I don't make it back. I mean, I, I got a check. I don't, I don't know if I can preside over a funeral, but. May not be a funeral, may just be a missing person report. Uh, I'm definitely not the right person for that. <laughs> I'll mobilize the team though. We'll go looking for you. Mm, then we, yeah. Then, we, then if we go there, we can Kevin can hunt us. <laughs> oh he's yeah. a little catch, yeah. <laughs> you. you ain't never been haunted until you've been haunted by me. <laughs> just just don't violate me. That's going to be his I MO. Got, I got long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Is Hugh frozen? Because he really doesn't seem like he's reacting at all. Nope, he's just not listening. No, I'm actually watching last week's show to see what was added. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Now's not the time to review the show. <laughs> I do what I want. Oh, my God. <laughs> not if you want to stay on the show. Um, all right so uh for me it's it's just the dropkick murphys they're they're coming this coming sunday um i'm gonna go down check it out i'm gonna i'm gonna risk covid alley down there and um i think i went down to this in person what so thank god we're not doing this in person <laughs> i haven't gone yet <laughs> i'm just saying you're, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to covid valley 
I said alley, COVID alley. <laughs> COVID alley, ground zero. <laughs> Hold on. Paul, oh, you're a dork. I love oh, yeah. them. They're awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Especially Kev's. I oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I mean, that is the I'm best picture of him I've ever seen. <laughs> By the way, even though you've done that, I'm still not going back and listening. <laughs> if you guys really want to see him, I can isolate him for you, too. No, that's fine. I'll go back uh, at it. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what's got me geeked is I'm getting the opportunity to see the Murphys again. Uh, this will be number four for me. Um, doing it on my own so I can kind of isolate, stay away from other people, do my thing. I'll be masked. Are they going to give you shit about not being Irish? I, I don't know if I'll get a chance to speak to them, but have you, have you they, seen, they can sense it, though, can't they? Have you seen pictures of the fair? There's nobody there. Yeah, you I know. You're the only one at the concert. I'll be down front just. <laughs> so you might get a chance to talk to them. They might right. just bring you up on stage and right, just oh, ask me like, what I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's Thanks for coming here? out. What do you want? What, 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 what's what's your playlist? <laughs> you want to hear a song or do you want a drop kick? What's the, what's the, the origin of that? Is is there actually a drop kick involved in the creation of their name anywhere? I honestly don't know. Well, ask them when they bring you up. On I will. Stage. When, when we're up there, yeah. And tonight, like, our only fan, come on up on stage. <laughs> and you'd be like, man, I know exactly how you feel. We only have two. Right. <laughs> um, so moving on from that, what are, what, what are we playing, guys? Well, I would love to be playing the new Marvel game that my phone allowed me to download and uh, pre-download yesterday and download and turn on today. But it, it runs like such dog shit that I, I, I'm just going to r- erase it. Um, I mean, it's like jittery as hell. Have you even checked it out yet, Paul? Yeah, I've been playing it all day. Yeah, uh, it looks like maybe it's cool. Um, Aren't you but, supposed to uh, work during the day? What? Aren't you supposed to work during the day? No, I do. Uh-huh. Afternoon, when I'm not texting everybody to try and find out if we got anything planned for our fucking show. Why do you even bother doing that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, though, what I do want to talk about, um, and I forgot to bring it up last week, is... Uh, I did get to play around um, last weekend and the weekend before. Uh, wait, no, the weekend before last weekend and the weekend before that. Uh, there was a, a beta for Back for Blood uh, running. It was in a, There was a closed beta and then an open beta. And it's Back for Blood with the number four for the word four. And uh, that's on purpose because this is from Turtle Rock Studios, who is the same company that did the original Left for Dead, which is a classic. Um, you know, they did that uh, for Valve. Valve you know, the company behind Steam and everything hired them to do that and then did it, it took over themselves for Left 4 Dead 2. But as everybody knows, Valve doesn't know how to count to three. So we've been waiting for, you know, ages for a Left 4 Dead 3 that's probably never going to come. So what Turtle Rock did is they decided and to take the same concept and do their own game called Back for Blood. Now, in all honesty, I'm not sure how they're not getting sued by Valve for this because, I mean, it really is... I mean, yeah, they, they added a card system so that you can get bonuses and perks and stuff. And it's different survivors. They call the zombies something different. But you start playing it, and you're like, yeah, this is Left 4 Dead. I mean, it's, it's, it's so clear it's not funny. Um, that being said, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It, it 
feels like it's missing something and not, not, in a, I don't want to say in a technical aspect uh, because the, everything's spot on there. Uh, what I did find is that I, I don't know if the left for dead uh, zombies and special infected are just so iconic that uh, I, and I'm used to them, but a lot of times I felt like it was just a massive shit I was shooting at. Like I couldn't tell the difference. This, like in Left 4 Dead, I mean, you you hear a tank or a, a spitter or a witch, you immediately know what it is. You immediately know where it is, and you know where not to go or, or what you want to do. Uh, I felt kind of lost in Back for Blood. I only got to pay, play uh, through uh, one campaign, and uh, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I kind of felt like I was just running around shooting blindly and hoping I, I hit stuff. Uh, that being said, I mean, they still have some time to work it out and more time with the game. Some familiarity would probably have helped. It looks like this is going to be a worthy successor uh, to the Left 4 Dead name, and uh, I'm looking forward to it coming out. I, I have not pulled the trigger on a pre-order yet, um, but I'm my, my finger's on the button. Gotcha. Now, just so we're clear, the game that Hugh was talking about, the new Marvel game, is Marvel Future Revolution. Um, and it's basically an open world rpg and it takes place basically it looks like it's jumping off of the whole um convergence idea from a few years back does it i thought the revolution was just the loading screen yeah no see i've had none of those problems i i was i had it all pre-downloaded and i pre-patched like i tried it yesterday and it allowed me to do all the patching and play the little 8-bit sky uh, side scroller with star lord but now I, I, I mean, I put my party together and I was able to run through missions and it's, it's working fine for me. Uh, my only disappointment was when you get to do your selection, it shows you the different costumes. And I thought it meant I could choose the specific costume I wanted for the characters. No, they just give you the, the standard general look for the characters at first. And I, apparently you have to unlock buy. costumes. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's going to be all sorts of microtransactions. Yeah. So, but so far it's pretty cool. It reminds me a lot of um, Marvel Future Fight. Same kind of idea as that. If if anyone played that, I did. Uh, yeah. You both on iOS? I am. No. He is not. No, never. Well, I just wondered if it was a resource issue on Android. Um, I've got an more, L- LG V20. I mean, it's it's not a, a new phone right now, but it's not super old either. Um, you know, I, I do go rock an older phone on purpose because I, I like the expandable storage and the removable battery is a huge deal for me. I have been thinking about replacing this because it's starting to slow down, but I was uh, looking at it this weekend, looking at current phones, and there's absolutely nothing I want because, I mean, I'd love to have the uh, giant newest Samsung, but I mean, if you can't replace the battery, I mean, that's immediately a no-go for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many that do that anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't have, you know, we're on a page plus. Um, I, I don't do contracts. I don't do that whole, you know, buy a thousand. Hey, we'll give, we'll, we'll give you a plan. We'll charge you way more for it, and you can pay us monthly for a thousand dollar phone. Isn't that great? Dude, you need to look at the new uh, OnePlus Nord. That is one of the phones I was looking at. Yeah, serious power and not not very expensive. And I mean the the one thing that the one thing that takes took me to OnePlus was they were doing a lot more memory than other Android phones long time before anybody else decided that they needed more than four gig of memory. I mean my OnePlus is you know twelve gig of memory, and absolutely everything on that phone runs ridiculously fast now. 
and, and the phone's over two years old. You know what's going to kill me, though? And I hate the fact that LG dropped out of smartphones altogether. Is One of my favorite features of this phone is the knock-on feature, which basically means when my phone is off, I tap the screen twice to turn it on. When I'm done with it, I tap the screen twice to turn it off. That's such a fucking beautiful feature, and I, I haven't seen that anybody else is incorporating anything like that. Yeah, OnePlus has some, has some screen shortcuts like that. I don't know of one that turns it off like that. But anyway, yes, gaming. Me, Kev. Yes, me. You. You, you skip over carbs. I just I know for a fact you have something. <laughs> oh yeah, I know I do. Yeah, so uh, I got this. Uh, I heard a review earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> could have been this morning, probably. I remember. Um, and so I had to check it out. It's called uh, what the hell is it called? It's literally just mowing. And that's all you do. You sit on a lawnmower and you mow lawn. That's it. Okay. Is, is it fun to just mow? It is actually. Um, some of the some of the some of the rounds reveal some pictures underneath them. And obviously there's collections you have to complete. Um, you know, there's chests that you have to, you know, you earn based on the number of lawns you, you complete on a street and you open the chest and you get, you know, upgrades and it's like any other game, you know, you, you grind it out and you get your upgrades. Um, this one's just a little bit less thought. You know, you know, that, you know, that game was a lark, right? You know, somebody who had previously pitched a, a successful app said, guys, I can do no wrong. Watch this. I'm going to go pitch a lawn mowing game to the boss. Well, it's like and, and the guy's simulator. like, that sounds great. Let's make it right now. And he won the bet. It, it's just like Goat Simulator. I mean, it's, no, it's a, goat, it's a goat joke. Simu- yeah, yeah, Goat Simulator is definitely a joke, but it's far more complex than mowing a lawn. No, not really. Have you actually played Goat Simulator? Oh, yeah. Okay, there, there's more there to, ain't it much to it. What do you no, mean? There ain't much to it. You go around kicking shit. That's goats kicking there. shit and blowing shit up and going into space and all sorts of crazy stuff. Riding roller coasters. Oh, yes. roller coaster? Throwing axes at people. You know, you, yeah, you lick the axe, the axe sticks to his tongue, and then you swing around and try to hit people with it and kill them. There's all sorts of crazy shit. I, I'm not saying that it's like the pinnacle of gaming. I'm saying that it is definitely not mowing lawn. Okay. So with the, with the lawn mowing game, do you have to like go and like actually get people? Like, do you have to go and like try to see? Like, like if you're being mowing lawns when you're like 12 years old, do you have to go to somebody's house and say, "Hey, do you want to come and mow your lawn for 10 bucks?" Basically, you're the guy that they picked to mow the lawns for all the houses in this city where nobody mows their lawn, apparently. You are the most successful lawn mower man in the, in the city, apparently. So do you, no, okay, guys, the next question, I mean, you have, to have, you have a certain amount of time you got to get all the lawns mowed by? No. Can you upgrade your lawn mower? Yeah. Change. Something. Change the tires, so change the color. It's you know what I had to check it out because you know the 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 review the reviewers I was listening to were like it's literally just mowing lawn. So I'm like, no, that can't be it. That really can't be. It. That's yeah, it's it. That's all. That's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to just go install it and just try it and just tell me that you don't sit there and mow half a dozen lawns before you're done with it. Is this on um, mobile or is it a computer game? It's, it's iOS and Android. All right. Corbs, how can you top that? I can't. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, yeah, I got, I mean, I'm stuck playing baseball. That will be the show, whatever that, and then my golf, idle golf course management or whatever the hell that game is. That's it. I've got 16 holes out of 18 built. I got to come up with the $12 billion or some shit like that. So every, every six hours you make uh, just over a billion dollars. So I wish it was real, but it's not. Right. So, okay. yeah, so I got yeah, just 16 holes. So I'm trying to get, I got 12 billion is the next one I got to get to for the 17th hole. I'm trying to get all 18 holes built and then you go through and upgrade the holes. And I don't know what happens after you get all 18 holes built. That's my goal. I mean, if I get to it and you got to go to a different golf course, then that'd be cool. If it's the same golf course and you got to just keep upgrading shit, I think I'll. Once you get all 18 holes built, you have to fill them with fingers. It's a lot of fingers. All your fingers. All the fingers. And some of your buddy's fingers, apparently. It's a good thing I got a, four guys that golf, three of the guys that golf with because I ain't got 18 fingers. So. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think on that note, it's time for Kev's Tabletop Review. Yeah, so I'm going to do a little something a little bit different tonight. Um, the the website I'm always referring to, or seem to be always referring to, whenever I talk about a game, boardgamegeek.com. What I want to do is do a quick review of that website. Um, the reason I use this website is because it is featured on several podcasts that I listen to um, by uh, one or more people that actually work to keep the site uh, going and, um, and, and have, were directly involved with the creation of the website. Now, what Board Game Geek uh, offers, um, I, I've touched on a few things in the past, but so you know that it has reviews, you know that it has example playthroughs, because I've talked about both of those things. What you may not know is that you have the ability, you know, once you create a profile there, you can save games to your collection. I think you can have multiple collections also. But um, so all the games I own or uh, or I played, I include in my collection as games that I, I know uh, firsthand. You also have a wish list, so games that you want to you want to own, you want to uh, uh, play. You can add your wish list, and you keep very good track of those games. Now they also have a um, uh, uh, I call it a store, but it's not really a store. It's more of a, I could go on there and I could sell my games. If I had, a, if I wanted to get rid of them, I could sell it. There's a trade aspect also, a little bit different. So I could either list a game for what I hope to get for it and then see what happens. 
or I could post a trade. I could say, well, I have this game and I'd like to trade it for a different game. And you name those and you pick them from the list of games that are available on the site. Now, um, by the by the variety of the different games that I have reviewed in the past, I think you know that, uh, without me saying this, that Board Game Geek doesn't just include board games. It's board games, it's card games, it's dice games, and um, every once in a while you'll get a, a digital or app-based game in there, especially nice. in, a, in the case of when a board game has an app aspect to it. Um, they don't. They don't. They don't review games like I've just mentioned. Like um, uh, you know, it's just lawn mowing or mowing lawn or whatever the hell it was. That's not it. They don't. They don't do that. But like I said, if it's got a digital aspect to it, it definitely ends up there. I have yet to see a game on a shelf or heard of a game mentioned. So if you go into a, any any one of these uh, comic book stores or um, uh, toy stores and you see a game on the shelf or see it at your local Walmart or, or wherever you happen to see games or you hear somebody talk about one. I have yet to see or hear of a game that I have not been able to find on BoardGameGeek.com and I could go and I could read about it and I could watch a quick playthrough, watch a detailed playthrough, read reviews, not just from the I don't know if you want to call them professional reviewers or game players, but it's people that have gone the extra mile to make a, a video of their review or people that just happen to own the game and have written their own reviews. Fantastic conversations on that website about different games, different aspects. Um, I now get um, email alerts every time. I have subscribed to a couple of games, so whenever there's a conversation, uh, about one of those games, somebody has, somebody just posted something about that uh, Godzilla game that I, I mentioned the other night, um, week or so ago, and um, that came up in my email. So I went on, I read the conversation. It was about an individual that had played through and their experience with a certain aspect of the game, and they really detailed out what they experienced and what they thought was supposed to happen and what actually happened. And there was a reply to that. And it was very, very thoughtful, very insightful. Um, and I found it, I find it very valuable. Uh, uh, it's one of the, it's, it's the place I go for information about a game if I'm interested in it. So um, I can't, um, I can't suggest enough. If you're interested in a game, if you, uh, you're not sure what to what to go look for you can pick um a difficulty level and um go and look at some of the playthroughs and very quickly you can decide whether or not it's a game that you want you know for for you and whoever it is you, you're is going to play with you so it's a fantastic resource i'll continue to use it when i when i can and uh, i'll continue to to draw from that website when i when i do my reviews uh, but I can't, I can't suggest it highly enough. Perfect. Go check it out. If Kevin swears by it with him being our resident expert on this, I mean, that's, that is the way to go. And I think on that note, let's throw it to commercial guys. Stick with us. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run. 
How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Now, before you pull a Mike Lindell and try to appeal your court case before you lose it, here's the news. First up, I feel stupid and litigious. The famous naked baby from the cover of Nirvana's debut mainstream album, Nevermind, is now suing the band. 30-year-old Spencer Alden claims that they commercially exploited and marketed his child pornography to boost record sales. The lawsuit says that he has suffered lifelong damages. Now, I want to tread lightly here. Because despite the fact that Spencer has posed numerous times uh, recreating that picture with clothes on, of course, uh, for, you know, certain anniversaries of the album and self-promotion and things like that. um, Apparently, this is something that people who have been damaged or abused will actually do. Such like, you know, uh, a woman whose daddy molester goes on to be a huge slut or, you know, a, a guy whose father beat him goes on to beat his kids. A lot of times people will display things and still legitimately be damaged. And I don't want to downplay that because I don't know how he really feels. Um, I only know that this is the only reason anybody knows who Spencer Alden is. And I am a little bit cautious there. Uh, I will say that, you know, if nothing else, while it may have damaged him, at least he can't be embarrassed by naked baby pictures when he introduces his partners to his parents. I mean, come on, you're, you're already out of the gate. Everybody has seen his dick. Um, nobody's going to be embarrassed by that. Next up, no, I can only... Wait, I oh. because I actually saw this too, and it bothered me. Because I'm pretty sure we featured a story about him back a couple years ago. I think we did too. Yeah, because, you know, he was going on the con circuit as the the, the guy that was the baby on Nevermind. Uh, so he was embracing it then. And um, apparently when that money didn't pay out there, so now he's decided he wants to, you know, get 
litigious. Is that how you said it? Litigious. <laughs> I said I feel stupid and litigious. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm not buying this for anything more than the money grab that it is. Um, come but, on, you know dude. we're supposed to believe the victim, Paul. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And you if want, he really was canceled? a victim, do you want to get canceled? Shut by the who? Fuck up. Which one, Laura or, or Kelly? Which one's going to cancel us? All it takes is one. <laughs> no, My, fuck that guy. Um, and and it's funny because I actually had all of this stuff lined up with all of all of you know a the article about you know him suing for you know the child porn, um, and then you know the interview um, from Time Magazine in 2016 where you know he's talking about how he's embraced it and he thinks Nirvana's cool and you know he's reached out to try and meet the band and you know they wanted nothing to do with him um and the fact that they pointed out that he got never mind in, in the the famous you know font tattooed across his chest and then in 2018 i had the announcement where he was um headlining uh niagara falls comic con as, as a, a featured guest there as the kid from the, the nirvana cover so fuck you dude now you can continue sorry how do you really feel yeah i don't mind the kid Next up, I can only show you the sequel. You're the one that has to watch it. Warner Brothers has announced the upcoming fourth Matrix movie is titled The Matrix Resurrections. Now, inexplicably in a normal world, Neo and Trinity have amnesia about the previous three films, oh. much, much like the rest of us have tried to forget the last one. Uh, a teaser shared at, at uh, CinemaCon shows a young Morpheus, colored pills, and a bunch of wire foo, and apparently Barney Stinson as a therapist. Now, I would no, say that is no, legend. No. Wait for it. Dairy, but they're not involved in no. producing this film. And finally, <laughs> I can't believe this is a real thing, baby. PepsiCo announced that they are making a new Mountain Dew flavor. It is a combination of two of their most famous and beloved products. It is called Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot. I am not oh. kidding. They are merging Mountain Dew and Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Now, uh, this is only going to be available online. Uh, it's, it's currently the, the page is up. It's $12 per six pack. And it goes on sale on August 31st. It's going to be a combination of citrus and spicy. And while I want to try this, I got to say, this is even more dude in midlife crisis than Monster Energy Drink in silk shirts with flames. That's what it screams to me. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but that's the news, kids. Now I have to go board up my windows and stockpile food for the upcoming apocalypse. One of the Rolling Stones finally died. This is how it ends, folks. Paul? Evian, spelled backwards, is naive. Back to you, Corbs. How do you follow that? I don't know how to follow any of the shit that he says. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. Dude, I'm buying some of this Mountain Dew. I can't, I, I can't buy Nuka-Cola, but I'm going to buy this. Nuka-Cola, is that what you just said? Yeah, I tried oh. to get Nuka-Cola when it came out, too, and couldn't find it. I could, you, I could never get any. Nuka-Cola. It's from uh, Fallout. Oh, okay. Never played it. It glows in the dark, dude. It's good shit. Basically, imagine if a, a nuclear war happened and the Coca-Cola factories got bomb bombarded with radiation. These are the bottles of soda that were there when that happened. So they have a very high value. Perfect. And it might turn you into a Meyer Lurk. <laughs> That's a vicious rumor. <clears throat> I got nothing, so. 
bringen, ja. doing a movie that I don't know if you guys were all kind of joking when I said this, but have you guys never heard of this movie? What? Platoon? Platoon? Oh my god, I love this movie. Okay. I I, I legitimately have never seen it. It's an all-star cast! But I do know about the game, the video game Platoon, like I mentioned in the text. Yes, that was... That was a joke. Okay. It It was a joke. How Just like when I say, how was your sports ball or your Super Bowl? I actually know what those things are. I'm not a Right, okay. I was, just, I was sitting at dinner and I'm going, wait a minute. Have they really never heard of this movie? How the hell have you not heard of this movie? <laughs> and then I was like, well, then you're talking about the game. And I'm like, no, that's what's close. It's Splatoons. My son played it for a while. He has it for the Switch. 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 Yeah. Oh, here we go with the Switch again. Yep, always back to the switch. All right, so Platoon. And as Kevin said, it's got an all-star cast. It stars Tom Berenger, William Defoe, Charlie Sheen, Keith David, Kevin Dillon, John C. McGinley, Forrest Whitaker, and a very young Johnny Depp. Uh, it's directed by Oliver Stone, released in 1986. All right, so this one I've got is a little long, so... Do apologize. It's not Roger Ebert long, but it is long. Well, not many people are Roger Ebert long. This is true. He's not him anymore either. In Oliver Stone's platoon, there is no grandstanding John Wayne heroics, no backpatting reassurances that the Vietnam War was remotely considered a noble cause. This film is an act of courage, Stone. The gutsy writer-director also has a bit part in the movie. Records in a devastating barrage of images of a relentless horror and senseless carnage experienced by far too many Americans in Vietnam. The movie is, in fact, so emotionally powerful that you can practically feel some of the gnawing fear that that can be brought out in the savagery of most decent young men. In the very first shot, where newly arriving troops recoil at the sight of body bags being loaded onto their returning plane, you are you plunge directly into the blazing jungle in front of this murky, menacing world is more terrifying than any Dante that you might have imagined. This is unquestionably what Vietnam must have felt like for to the foot soldiers, which is something Stone knows about after all. He's a metal-decorated former grunt who served with the 125th Infantry from in 67 and 68. And Platoon, to a large large extent, is a replay of his own harrowing wartime experience. Uh, This merciless, intense movie is definitely not for the faint of heart. The atmosphere means highly charged from beginning to end. There's no let up, no comedy to break the tension. Uh, the viewers remain as stunned and repelled by the actions as the movie's well-bared, well-bared narrator 
the idealist, idealistic young volunteer played by Charlie Sheen, who naively expects to find himself by sharing the mud with mostly poor and uneducated corrupts. The movie, with its hallucinatory, nightmarish visual quality, captures the moral confusion and increasingly disintegration disintegration of soldiers who escape by getting stoned together. That's a pretty big part of the movie. There, there's two there's two separate groups in the movie, um, and it's not unlike the Indonesian shadow play by the sense that the evil god. Scar-faced Sergeant Barnes, played by Tom Berenger, um, collides head-on with a hero heroic, God-fearing, and delusionist Sergeant Elias, played by William Defoe. The showdown takes place in a village where the increasingly shocking depiction of American brutality is an emotionally jarring reminder of the Mao Mai Lao massacre, which I don't know anything about. So, but I mean, it's a, I don't know. He's right. I mean, I've seen this movie. I watched this movie probably 40 or 50 times. I don't know why I watch it. I don't know why when it's on, I leave it on. But it's, it's one of those movies where it's on and I can't turn away from it. You know, <laughs> I've never served. I know Kev has. I don't know what any of that's like for people. I've got many friends that have served and... You know, not not in Vietnam, but Desert Storm, stuff like that. So, you know, to see movies like this that depict what it really was like is kind of jarring to somebody who's never been there and never experienced it, anything like that. So um, I, I give this movie three and a half out of four stars, four out of five, whatever you want to consider it. It's a fantastic movie. Um, nominated for eight Oscars. It won four, including Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, it was nominated for two Best Supporting Actors, Tom Berenger and William Defoe. They both ended, they did lose. Um, I had never seen that before. Uh, I don't know how many times it's happened in the past where you've had two actors being nominated in the same movie. So, again, that's a... Can I ask you why you didn't give it a perfect review? Because it sounds like you think it's the perfect movie. I'm curious. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's the perfect movie. I, there's some spots where it does kind of like tail off. Like after he's wounded the first time and he, he comes back and they're, they're cleaning out the outhouses. I don't know where, where that fits into the whole concept of the movie if if you've seen the movie and, and you know you haven't seen it but Kevin and Paul you both have seen it correct mm -hmm. other than that part of, other than that part of the movie it's pretty much them pumping through the jungle fighting you know there's not much else so that, I don't know where that played into the I think you almost had to throw that in there to get a little character building I guess Find out where Charlie Sheen came from. Find out that he was he wasn't drafted, which at the time was the big thing, being drafted into the service. He actually volunteered. He's a rich kid, rich kid to yeah, volunteer. Yeah, rich kid. Yeah, he was he was in college. He was, well off, well off. Yeah, you know, even he goes, I was in college. I just wasn't doing anything in college, so I decided to join up. And everybody kind of looks at him like, "Are you fucking insane?" 
don't you know what's going on over here type of thing? So, yeah. So Sheen represented the, um, the, you know, lost in space GI, you know, he was, he was in the moment, he was in the place, he was there, whether he wanted to be or not. And right. then you've got Defoe and Behringer representing, um, well, actually, I should say Behringer and Defoe representing the good and the evil, yep. or I, don't know, I, get, yeah. I get, I get them confused sometimes because sometimes well, I think. Was the, Tom Behringer was the, was the, was the bad the, guy. He was the bad guy. He's the okay. one. That, he's Behringer the one was the bad that, guy. Yeah. 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 So. It's it's a it's really a classic battle between good and evil, and yeah. it's Charlie Sheen sitting in the middle, going, you know, who's right? You know, we're in this horrible place, we're in this horrible time, we're seeing these horrible things, we're involved in these horrible events. Right. You know, is it better to be more humanistic, or is it better to just be this horrible individual and right. just you know power through? And you know everybody's a fuck, and every you know every sh every every situation is a shitstorm, yeah. and I'm just going to destroy and burn everything. It, the, the 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 story behind this is classic, whether it's set in Vietnam or any other setting, yeah. um, where you've got these two completely different ways to handle, you know, the the, the shit agree. situation you're in. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 the story, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I saw it before I went to the service. I mean, that this and Apocalypse Now, and you know, any one of those, any one of those movies were, were what we, you know, what we lived on when we were kids. Yeah. You know, before I went in, and then I went in the service, and I realized there was no fucking way I was going to combat with anybody I was in the fucking military with. So I got my dumb ass out. Um, but this is, I mean. I, I lived on shit like this when I was in high school and middle school. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I lived on, you know, you, you talk about Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now, Red Dawn, this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there was just, there was a ton of movies that you, that were like that, but this movie, I mean, it's, you know, but I, there's, there's, there's a couple of scenes where it's just like, you know, why is this here? I mean, it really, that the the part with Sheen and they're you know they're, they're cleaning up the shit house and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I know you got to have that because it's a movie and you got to have the character build and all that stuff and, and whatnot. So, I mean, I get why it's there, but it just I don't think it really had any play in the movie. It was very much like Kev said, it's very much a good versus evil. You know, Charlie Sheen's character is trying to figure out his place in there. You know, is he supposed to be this hard ass that's that is just unfeeling about everybody that's there his own people his, the people that they're trying to help the enemy that they're trying to fight and then you got Defoe's character who is trying to help everybody like he's just a guy that's like well you don't have to be like that guy you don't have to you know you don't have to just walk through this this war with no feelings there are people here that are good people you know they're just trying to do what everybody else is trying to do they're just trying to survive you know, the, the spot where they're in the village, Kev, and, you know, you see uh, Tom Berger's character trying to interrogate the village and stuff. And he's you can see he's got no heart and he's just doing whatever he has to do to get through to the village. You know, he's trying to find out if, you know, were they helping the NBA? Were they not helping the NBA? Did they have a hand in it or anything like that? And then whatever, you know, what happens at the in the in era and when Defoe's character shows up. You know, you can see where he's like, what are you doing? This isn't supposed to be like that. 
Right. Berenger's character goes in, you know, without any belief that they weren't helping. Right. You know, so and that's that's where that's where the evil aspect of it comes in because he's already lost. Yeah. You know, he he represents he represents the side of it that um, he just doesn't have any ability to see the the good or the right or the you know the 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 correct path to take. He's just going to power through, and you know he represents every bad thing that we've ever heard of about the Vietnam War or any war. Yeah. Um, or or any situation where you had an individual that had that kind of ability to be that kind of powerful, and um, it, it, he scared he scared the people he dealt with, and he scared his own men. Yeah. You know they didn't know what to do, so they followed it because right there was because they were scared of it. They didn't know any other way. There was no there's no other way, and right. and Defoe's character um, wasn't powerful enough to lead them in a different direction. He was, wasn't powerful enough to, to change Behringer's direction. So do you guys know, just listen to some of these names. Okay. Forrest Whitaker, um, who, Johnny Depp. Um, who else did I see? There's so many names in this movie. And you're only going to see them for you know a second here and there. So some of the characters longer, but eighty six. I mean, imagine what these carry who, who these who these actors were then. For that alone, that for that alone, worth definitely worth seeing. That was one of Johnny Depp's first main starring movies. I mean, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. That was that came up before this, but he I mean he had a, a big he had a big part in that, but. This was the first movie that he actually had, a, you know, I think a real big scene, you know, real big stuff. And people kind of remember him in the movie. But I mean, so, I mean, but he was young at the time. This is, like I said, like his second yeah. or third movie total. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was, it was a huge movie at the time. So I didn't remember him being in it. He was the, he was learner. He was the guy that he was the translator in that village. Okay. He spoke, he spoke Viet, uh, he spoke Vietnamese. So that, you know, so he was the one that was translating. I mean, he ends up uh, when they get in the the ambush where Tom Berenger kills William Defoe's character or shoots him, doesn't count, shoots him. When they have the ambush and they they have the they, the ordinance, they drop the ordinance on their own guys. Mm-hmm. Where of course Whitaker gets he gets killed. I don't know if he gets killed, but he gets wounded or whatever. Uh, he ends up getting wounded too. He ends up getting burnt. They show a brief picture of him. He, I mean, he's only in it. Five minutes total. Yeah, Johnny Depp yeah. is, but I mean, you remember his character, so it's just it's just wild. And you're right, the, the name the name of people that were in that movie, it's just crazy. John McGinley is the other one I was thinking of. Sergeant O'Neill. Yeah, he's been in so much, so many, so many of these people. Reggie Johnson, he's been in just a ton of shit. Actually, uh, Corey is it Corey Glover? Corey Glover's in it. Yep, it's you know, Francis. You know, you know, you know who he is. You know what what his uh-huh. famous famous for right now. He's the lead singer for In Living, uh, In Living Color. No. Yes. He's the lead singer. Nice. Shit. No kidding. I didn't know that when I first saw the movie, but yeah, he ended up he ends up being he's the lead singer for uh, Living Color. So it's pretty wild. It's awesome. And I'm noticing that's kind of a theme with a lot of the movies we're reviewing, is that. At the time, they were a group of unknowns, 
Yep. Well, all of a sudden, they just blew the fuck up. Yeah. Not literally. Maybe in this movie. But... <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you, you I mean, these are classic yeah. movies. So, yeah. of course, the actors in this, these movies are going to be noticed because they were so good. Yeah. Right. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it, this is this is one of the movies that built these characters, you know. I mean, even right the back. guy that got Oliver Stone's coffee on this movie probably got promoted to a better position at some point. <laughs> yeah, he cleaned shutters in the next movie, I think. <laughs> what goes in must come out. Very true. Just like, just like fingers, bogey fingers, bogey fingers. Gotta bring it back. Gotta bring it back. <laughs> um, so, what does Long Roger Ebert have to say about this movie? Uh, first of all, he he gives it three stars out of five. Cool. Um, and he says it was Francois Truffaut who said that it's not possible to make an anti-war movie because all war movies with their energy and sense of adventure end up making combat look like fun. If Truffaut had lived to see Platoon, the best film of 1986, he might have wanted to modify his opinion. Here is a movie that regards combat from ground level, from the infantryman's point of view, and it does not make war look fun. The movie was written and directed by Oliver Stone, who fought in Vietnam and who has tried to make a movie about the war that is not fantasy, not legend, not metaphor, not message, but simply a memory of what it seems like at the time to him. The movie is narrated by a young soldier played by Charlie Sheen, based on Stone himself. He's a middle-class college student who volunteers for the war because he considers it his patriotic duty and who is told soon after he arrives in the combat zone, you don't belong here. He believes it. There are no false heroics in this movie and no standard heroes. The narrator is quick at the point of physical collapse, bedeviled by long marches, no sleep, ants, snakes, cuts, bruises, and constant gnawing fear. In a scene near the beginning of the film, he is on a guard duty when he clearly sees empty troops approaching his enemy troops, sorry, approaching his position and he freezes. He will only gradually, unknowingly become an adequate soldier. The movie is told in a style that rushes headlong into incidents. There is, no, there is no carefully mapped plot to lead us from point to point. Instead, like the characters, we are usually disoriented. Anything is likely to happen, usually without warning. From the crowded canvas, large figures emerge. Barnes, played by Tom Berger, the veteran sergeant with the scarred face, the survivor of so many hits that his men believe he cannot be killed. Elias, played by William Defoe, another good fighter, but a man who tries to escape from this reality with a, through drugs. Bunny, played by Kevin Dillon, we didn't mention him yet, the scared kid who has become dangerous because they seems because that seems like a way to protect himself. There is rarely a clear, unequivocal short shot of an enemy soldier. They are wraiths, half seen in the foliage. Their presence scented on jungle paths, evidence of their passage unearthed in ammo dumps buried beneath villages. Instead, there is the clear sense of danger all around and the presence of civilians who sometimes enrage the troops just by standing there and looking confused and helpless. There is a scene in the movie that seems inspired by My Lay, although it does not develop into a massacre. As we share the suspicion that these villagers may, in fact, be harboring enemy forces, we share the fear that turns to anger, and we understand the anger that turns to violence. Some of the men in Platoon have lost their bearings, are willing to kill almost anyone on the slightest pretext. 
Others still retain some measure of the morality of the situation. Since their own lives also may be at stake in their arguments, there is a great sense of danger when they disagree. We see Americans shooting other Americans, and we can understand why. After seeing Platoon, I fell to wondering why Stone was able to make such an effective movie without falling into the trap Truffaut spoke about. How he made the movie riveting without making it exhilarating. Here's how I think he did it. He abandoned the choreography that is standard in almost all war movies. He abandoned any attempt to make it clear where the various forces were in relation to each other. So that we never know where our side stands and where they are. Instead of battle scenes in which lines are clearly drawn, his combat scenes involve 360 degrees. Any shot might be aimed at friend or enemy, and in the desperate rush of combat, many of his soldiers never have a clear idea of exactly who they are shooting at or why. Traditional movies impose a sense of order upon combat. Identifying with the soldiers, we feel that if we duck behind this tree or jump into this ditch, we will be safe from the fire that is coming from over there. In Platoon, there is the constant fear that any movement offers a 50-50 chance between a safe place or an exposed one. Stone sets up his shots to deny us the feeling that combat makes sense. The Vietnam War is the central moral and political issue of the last quarter century for Americans. It has inspired some of the greatest recent American films, Apocalypse Now, The Deer Hunter, Coming Home, The Killing Fields. Now here is the film that, in a curious way, should have, made, should have been made before any of the others. A film that says, as the Vietnam Memorial in Washington says, that before you can make any vast sweeping statements about Vietnam, you have to begin by understanding the bottom line, which is that a lot of people went over there and got killed dead. And that is what the war meant for them. Wow. Sounds like he was pretty dead on with that one. I'm bothered by the fact that he says Apocalypse Now was uh, inspired by the Vietnam War. Uh, Apocalypse Now is based on a, a novel called Heart of Darkness, and it was transposed and moved to the Vietnam War for the purposes of the film. Ah, okay. uh, the, the original source that inspired the movie did not take place in Vietnam. And I know this because I was forced to read it during a college course, and I had trouble sleeping for like three or four weeks after I finished that book. Heart of oh. Darkness is fucked up. Never read it. We I'll had to read it, it, dissect it, write papers on it, and delve into the themes. And yeah, it was it was a mind fuck. Not something that you put a fourteen year old through. I mean, I guess it is, but I could handle it. But still, wait a minute. You were doing college courses at 14? I was through uh, Johns Hopkins uh, CTY, Center for Talented Youth Programs. I was spending uh, three weeks uh, every summer. at uh, I went to Skidmore down in uh, Saratoga Springs. So we do like a whole college course in three weeks. Wow. Uh, among other activities. I mean, they made us, you know, do sport, some sports and take some other classes. But we had one primary focus and we tried to get through one whole semester in three weeks. So, yeah, I did that for four years. The four years I was eligible. Gotcha. Wow. All right. Any any final remarks on our uh, our movie review? See it. It's still not. It's not too late. You know. It's yep. it's a timeless story. I think as an adult, I think you're going to get more out of it than you would have watching it in school um, or being school aged. I think you'll be able to see. You'll be able to see the the you know, the two poles and, yep. and, yep, and I agree. 
you know, and and see it for the story rather than see it for the action and the and the um, and the and the horror. Of right, the blood. The, yeah, the blood and guts. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of that stuff. I mean, it starts right out in the beginning. Even what they say, like when they're in the, the the new recruits are getting off the plane and they're loading the dead bodies on the plane. I mean, that's that's just awe striking. Like you know, yeah. and the guy and the, and you see the, the guys that are walking past them having what they call the thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're just staring off into nothing because that's how you know, you get it in the in the jungle because it's that's all it was. I mean, you literally stood in a jungle the whole time trying to figure out if that leaf over there is moving and do I have to shoot it? And you didn't know if it was your guy, their guy, another guy, you didn't know. And, you know, it just, I I, I don't know for a fact, but it has to wear on you. You I would assume it does. You know, and that you get to that point where you, you just get to that point where you just, you become so numb and you just you just stare off into space, you know. So I I relish I relish the fact that these guys go and do this stuff on a daily basis. You know, like I said, I got friends that served, and uh, you know, the two guys I play golf with both serve. They you know they serve from the time they get to high school, and you know I always, especially with everything that's going on right now in the world. You know, I, I thank anybody who has served for their service. It's something that's a, it's, it is a true calling and the people that do it, uh, more power to you. And I thank you for everything that you do for us. So. All right. And I think on that note, I'll, we'll go right to commercial. Right. Stick with us folks. hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run how about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for come to collectibles galore located in north syracuse with ample off-street parking collectibles galore has a huge selection of comics toys and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else comics galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics.
Welcome back. Hey, guys, you want a WTF file? What's that? I, mean, I don't even Kevin, care. I want it. I mean, Kevin should be the one saying that. <laughs> no, I, I just I don't recall hearing that phrase for a very long time. Exactly, because we've been trapped at home and the, nothing fucked up has been able to be happening. <laughs> really? Um, it's been pretty fucked everything up. fucked up is happening. Where have you been? <laughs> okay, I guess that's true. So anything that would have come across doesn't count, I guess. Now yeah. you'd be like, hey guys, I got a WTF file. I saw a squirrel today. <laughs> Something normal that isn't fucked up is a WTF file at this point. He actually went outside today. That's, that's a what the fuck. I, I left the house today, guys. <laughs> All right, so my, my first WTF since, I think, 2019. Um, I, I was in the office last Friday, so I went out for lunch. And I, I'm dressed business casual, a, a polo shirt and, and khakis. I'm walking down the street and I'm crossing over the street, you know, sidewalk to sidewalk. And it's a guy coming at me um, of uh, Latin descent, I would say. And he he definitely looks like he's uh, not firing on all cylinders. He's definitely fucked up at something. And he stares me in the face. He goes, you're a probation officer. I go, what? You're a probation officer, aren't you? I said, no, no, you look like a probation officer. I said, I work in IT, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of stumbled away after that. (laughs) He was insist. I'm a probation officer. I always wanted to tell you that, Paul. That I look like a probation officer? Do I? You look like someone who would trade blowjobs for a positive report on a probation report. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a thing? That's, oh. <laughs> you got into the wrong industry, apparently. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I just hit me funny. I mean, it's just like only that shit happens to me. And I figured I could bring back a segment for that. So well, you're downtown. I mean, that happens to everybody downtown. Oh yeah! If you're not walking crooked, they think you're a cop. <laughs> yeah, if, you're not stumb- if you're not stumbling, bumbling, mumbling, you're some type of law enforcement. Or a guy wearing a skirt, which is what I saw this morning on the way to work. Not surprised. No. 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 <laughs> so, I've uh, I've got a few things I wanted to make sure we we discussed here. Um, before we get into uh, our, our, our midstream. First of all, you guys have all seen the Spider-Man teaser trailer, right? Yep. Yep. The Spider-Man teaser trailer? No. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Yes, you have? I was told I had to watch it before the podcast, just in case you're wondering. Okay, good. Who told you that? My son. Okay. He's all right. He makes a good manager. Watched it you know they're going to talk about it. He's not wrong. Um, I mean, how great does that look? Uh, first of all, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna loosely adapt one more day, which I'm sure it's gonna thrill a lot of people. Um, I mean, but we've got, I mean, just from that t- teaser trailer, we've got Doctor Strange, 
uh, Wong for a minute, apparently scolding people. Um, looks like Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro, and um, courtroom scene. Was that Matt Murdock? Some people have posted some pictures on Twitter who swear up and down that that's Matt Murdock uh, in those scenes. And I can't deny that kind of looks like what he, uh, he dressed up with you know in in the show so uh, it's entirely possible same same actor that played charlie cox that's yeah. the rumor that rumor has um, been around for a while so um, i'm hoping it's true even if we just get him as matt murdoch i mean that's the foot's back in the door that opens everything back up for it so definitely want more daredevil yes yeah i i thought uh, the trailer was good um I, they, they deliberately shied away from making the biggest reveals that everybody was waiting for, you know, which are the, the other Spider-Man in it. Um, if that is indeed true, you know, we, we don't know for sure. Um, I, I'm a little confused, though. I thought they said they weren't releasing a trailer like a week ago. Yeah, and then somebody leaked an unfinished one, so they had to scramble and do something. Uh, yeah. Somebody leaked? That's not cool. No, I mean, at least clean that up. Right, seriously. They have medicine for that. And exercises, apparently. I thought the the leak was just somebody taking it on their phone at at CinemaCon. No, the the one that I saw. The fuck is going on over there, Corbs? It's my. uh, Yeah, I like him. I like him less now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, what I saw, because I saw part of the leak, is someone literally. Recorded with their phone, a laptop, playing the unfinished trailer. Like it, it definitely no CGI was in that, and it was really hard to see. So I mean, I'm only going off of the parts I saw with the whole Doctor Strange doing the spell thing. Yeah, and that's why I was shocked that in the real trailer he was actually wearing like sweatpants and stuff with this cape. I was like, oh, I figured that was just not, you know, unedited. So. But yeah, um, I'm super excited for it. It's It looks like it's going to be awesome. I'm still iffy about going back to a theater, especially in the middle of winter. But Wait a minute. Did you just go to a theater and watch Snake Eyes? Right. And that's why I said I'm iffy about doing it again. He got like squirted said. in the face, dude. He took one of the yeah, face. Like Kevin was, I, mean, I was assaulted last time I was in the theater. Why would I want to do it again? And now he's going to sue Nirvana in 30 years. I'm not going back to a theater ever. Yeah, we had that discussion. Um, talking about that, the nasty-ass people that go there. Yeah, <laughs> people are disgusting. Just to reiterate that. it. I said that. You did. We just heard it a minute ago. Um... Next, <laughs> next on my uh, my checklist here, uh, guys. We have an officially approved uh, COVID vaccine now. Hooray! Yeah, um, COVID COVID won the fight. I mean, <laughs> God, it did actually. We're all going to be zombies, <laughs> right? That, that was probably that probably won't age well. Um, I meant uh, Pfizer won the fight. They uh, they won the battle. The first one to be approved. So does that make them like the Blu-ray of of COVID? <laughs> well, I mean, they have the you know they have the most money. They've had the most products to market you know up to this point. Although you you could actually say they don't compared to Johnson and Johnson, but Johnson and Johnson's got some production issues. 
Um, Great. Yeah. Between 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 Pfizer and Moderna, you know, Pfizer's definitely got the ability to go to market down. Um, well, you should have known Johnson John, and Johnson was going to have a problem. Any product that whose company's name is basically my dick and my dick is is not a company to bet on ever. My dick and my schlong. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I really only brought that up just so I could make the Blu-ray joke. <laughs> the only reason I wanted that one in there. Um, moving on. Um, Hugh, you more than anybody here is probably going to appreciate this one. Did you see what happened last week on AEW? I did. I did. Wow. Wow. CM Punk has returned to professional wrestling after seven years. And um, signed with AEW, did it in his hometown. Yep. Um, Bought everyone ice cream. He did. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah, he, he, he uh, said, everybody there on your way out, there's an ice cream truck. Um, grab an ice cream treat on me. And uh, apparently he really did. He like actually set that up with the company like two years ago because he's been working on this return for a while. Uh, so, yeah, he, he literally wrote the check himself, bought everybody in the uh, stadium ice cream. And, uh, you know, the line that stuck with me the most out of his, uh, his speech was that, you know, I can't, I had to come back here and now because even if you, he said like, hey, if you were unhappy about decisions I made in the past, I couldn't come back to the same place that made me sick to begin with. And, you know, a lot of his issues were that, you know, he was, he considers himself a pro wrestler. He is, you know, he believes in the athletic part of it and, and all of that. And in WWE, it was you know, a shit show. It's mm-hmm. politics. It's it's all sorts of garbage. And you know he left because it it killed his love of, of professional wrestling. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. He looks like he doesn't look like he's aged a day. Yeah, I saw some gray in that beard. A little gray, but beyond that, you know, I mean, hey, hey, come on. You, you see, you know, every time you see Ric Flair come back, you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, that man looks weathered. Yeah. Weathered. That's yeah. But uh, um, yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, now now I didn't see the whole speech thing. Uh, when I went searching for a clip this morning, I saw the entrance. And watching it days later, knowing full well that this already happened, I sat there tonight while I was watching it to make sure it was an appropriate clip to add to the show notes. Um, fucking goosebumps. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Just uh, the crowd. I mean, and you, you could see it when, when it hit him. I don't know if he was staged or not doing it, but he dropped to his knees and just looked around in awe at the crowd that was going fucking crazy for him. And, he, and when he left the other promotion, he was on top. You have to understand, yeah. he was the top guy at that point. Now, he yeah. was, there was a lot of politics involved, and there still is a lot of politics involved in, in, in that promotion. So, But he, I mean, he left because like there was a lot going on, but he was the top draw at that point. Yeah, so, and, yeah, he was definitely a top guy. Yeah, and, and what and, they said know, it was his pipe bomb speech, right? Yeah, his pipe bomb speech, which I, I still can't believe that Vince let him do. Um, that that shocking. Vince, I don't think Vince had much of a choice. I think if, uh, I, if, yeah. I, if I if I if I recall it correctly, they cut his microphone on at one point. Yeah, well, they they did, but they told him go out and say whatever you want to say, and at some point we're going to cut your microphone. 
And the fact that they let him go on that far before cutting right. him his, his microphone is, is what got me. And and here's the thing. Um, even though Vince is is really good at you know running his own company into the ground, um, he let him do it and then still didn't change anything, which just ba- it, it's baffling. You know, it, it's one ego. thing if you say, yeah, well, even with ego, if you say to a guy, listen, go out there and shit talk me, it'll be great for ratings. Then you have to run with that. And I, I, I don't know. You, you get a one-night bump, maybe a two-night bump next week, and then you're, you're back to the same old shit. I, I don't get it. Because right. when he did that, then you, you, know, you, you tuned in next week to see if he was going to come back and say something else. Right, see if it was a work or not. You know, yeah, you, you keep coming back. And then after, like you said, after two, two weeks, you realize, okay, he's not coming back. So – then you start they, they start researching, well, did he actually leave? Then you found out that he actually left the company. Then you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about it now. Yeah. I mean, if he had stayed there, I mean, he would have been the next big star. He would have been the next Stone Cold, the next Rock, um, the next Sean C. I mean, arguably, you could say he he was at well, that yeah, time. Yeah, because he had yeah. already he's another one that had already transcended. Like yeah. he literally walked away from millions. Yeah. And good on him for doing it. And he took his wife with him. Took his what? His wife with him. Oh, yeah. Not all you of them know, do that. You know, you know who his wife is, right? No. No. DJ Lee. Who? I, I I vaguely have heard the name. She was a she was the women's champion. She actually uh at that point had held the, the women's title the longest. Oh, nice. They they were an item when he left, I think like Two months later, she walked out. Nice. She hasn't been. She hasn't been back either. She. There's always rumors of her coming back and whatnot. Obviously, there's always, there's always rumors of him coming back. Every time the WWE went to Chicago, there was rumors of him showing up mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, uh, so for him to come back to the promotion that he came back to, that that's that's pretty wild. There's talk about other guys going there too. So. There's guys that uh, Vince has let go. Yeah. They, they've been letting guys go like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, I mean, some of it is the current COVID culture, too. I mean, you can't, well, especially when they weren't touring, you right. can't afford to have that many people on the roster. I mean, what are you going to do with them all? True. You know what I mean? So. True, but I mean, they, in the past, honestly, in the past two months, they've let close to a hundred acts go. Yeah. Between all the shows, right? NXT yeah, and then the main yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's still I mean, that's crazy. And that's, you know, I mean they they've let guys go like Samoa Joe, who they rehired to NXT. But I mean, Daniel Bryant's no longer there. Um, yeah, somebody else big uh, oh Braun Strowman. He's no longer with the WWE. No kidding. Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt. Wyatt, he asked yeah. for his release. Did he? he? Asked, yeah, he asked for his release. I knew he was gone, but I didn't know he asked for the release. Yep. I, and I think um, I, I read an article about that and because they were commending him on being gone because he, he saw they were, they were mismanaging his character. Yep. And he was, Undertaker was the one that was basically like good on him. Yep. So maybe I did see that he did ask for the release. And then another one, like you said before, Flair. He asked for his release. He's gone over creative differences. Apparently it was so he could do car commercials or something. Um, 
I saw that last night, and wow, that's car shield. Really? That's that's yeah, doing car shield or something like that, right? Car shield commercial or some shit like that. It's a, a car something or other, some yeah. weird car internet service thing. I, yeah, yeah. And all I know is I marveled at like I'm I'm looking at him and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's Rick or if that's Charlotte's grandma. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he he looks. Now he's had some real big health issues too. He was in a coma. He was in a coma for a couple of weeks, I think. Jesus last Christ. year, I mean, mm-hmm. he was supposed to. From what I remember, he was supposed to die. It looks like it. And he, yeah, he looks like he's been uh, struggling. But you know what? That motherfucker Which- can draw still. Not like sketch like draw people you know, he, yeah his daughter's the same way too she she i was watching a raw the other night i wasn't impressed with her i really don't like her um, but um she always gets the, she always gets the pop and then of course uh SummerSlam was last weekend so they had mm-hmm. a few stars come back yeah i, I, I don't know if I you guys about I, that. yeah i don't know if anybody watched SummerSlam, but did. uh we did yep. so you got uh brock came back and then so did uh, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I heard there are a lot of people not happy about oh, the, that. Oh, that was awful. The, yeah, the Becky Lynch the Becky squash. Lynch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then apparently the the squash for John Cena went on after uh, cameras went off too. Yeah. So. Yeah, Brian F five him and suplexed him for like ten. Minutes. All over the ring, yeah, just to <laughs> like prove the point minutes. that he's done. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? He should be done. He, he he's. He's pulling the rock card at this point. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need to do it anymore. He came back for uh, his last hurrah to put him over. And- I disagree. You, you, you can't say he should be done because he was as good in that match as he's ever been. Oh, mean, no, that, no. That I'm not a, saying he, it like that. I'm not saying he's past his prime. I'm saying he's got a better deal to move on to. Okay. He doesn't need to do this anymore. You know what I mean? I think, I think you're right, Paul. I think it was more to get Roman Reigns over. Over. Yep. And then you bring in Brock. He eliminates the whole Cena angle by the 75 F5s yep. and the 39 <laughs> power bombs or whatever, suplexes or whatever in a row type of thing. That eliminates that whole storyline, and it's now Brock and... Yeah, like that's what you're going to focus on. But yeah. the problem with Brock Lesnar is he comes back for literally three matches a year. Like, he is the current Undertaker. Right. So And, and he has that in his contract. Yeah, which sucks because you know what he's he's young enough to to do the full schedule if he needed to. Right. Like I, I, Taker, I understood. I mean, he put the time in. He was up there. He's well into his fifties, right? Yeah. So yeah, he he earned the fact to show up just for pay per views, basically. Brock, I mean, I mean, he's been a star for years. He's carried a lot of the weight for Vince for a while. Yeah. I'm not saying he hasn't earned that, but dude, I mean, you're still in your prime for pro wrestling, like do your schedule, man. Like he's got to be able to earn so much more money that way. Right. I mean, just. He still gets paid the same amount, whatever his contract is. He still shows up for three shows, shows up for 300 shows. I just don't like him. You know, he's still getting the same. Well, it's, it's tough to hinge your big promotions and your big pay-per-views on a guy that's going to show up for the next Monday night raw and then disappear for three or four months. You can't, yep. you can't build momentum. Right. I agree. And that that's, that's part of, you look at the, uh, the previous stars. I mean, you look, there's still people walking around in Austin three sixteen shirts and that's because yep. he worked his ass off, 
Um, I don't see any Beast shirts or Lesnar shirts out there because yeah. it's like, hey, it's great to see him again, but I know he's going to be gone for a year. Right. Right. You're going to work your program and you're going to be gone. Yeah. Can I ask a question about John Cena? Sure. Do you guys actually believe that his performance in Suicide Squad was good enough for him to move on, move on to his next career? Well, seeing as his next career is the same performance, yeah. <laughs> he, you know he's getting a, a spinoff show, right? Peacemaker, yeah. Yeah. Is it a movie or is it like a TV show? It's going to be an HBO Max show, yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to be in the next Suicide Squad, too. I mean, if they have another one. Oops. Spoiler. Sorry. Sorry. Has everybody seen it now? No. Uh, you know, here, here's the thing. His character in, in Suicide Squad was kind of, a, I don't want to say he was one dimensional, but he, the, he, the, what you're talking about, Kev, is how the character was written. And I think he played that character perfectly. Does he have dramatic range to go outside of that? I don't know, but this gives him enough currency to try. And if and you give he's him a done role quite a few movies, funny. right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are uh, wrestling movies. Like WWE you know, films? Movies? Yeah, films from yeah the, the WWE. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything. And I know we touched on this before. That's how we ended up having to link in the show notes to the Marine. Um, if you haven't watched the Marine, you're, you, you're not doing yourself a favor. Okay. What you need to do is watch the Marine with a note, notepad and take down every single time that they screw up the filming. <laughs> it's fun it's a game and then you you know you have a beer and you drink and it's fun i thought about coming up with a movie where i could just live tweet through it just for something fun to do and to try and you know get a little more fan do interaction it with, do it with the marine and don't tell anybody what the title of the movie is and find out how quick people figure out exactly what it is well you see we're notorious for not getting any fan interaction other than Laura. <laughs> like, <laughs> and now, you know, demanding that I quickly edit yes. Kelly. Um, <laughs> I'm really going to gonna try to get it edited and put out tonight after we're done recording the show just for her. Um, so, hey, we have a fan in the hospital who's asking for a new, uh, new episode. It's the least I can do. Probably the most I can do too. So <laughs> I got a feeling more than one of us is going to be in the hospital after she gets out and actually sees this. We've been decent to her. <laughs> how many she fans? only she only huh? has pull over one of us. I'm not going to the hospital. Right. Yeah, how many safe. how many fingers did you just hold up, Corks? All of them. <laughs> all five. Don't worry, he'll just put them in all eighteen holes and everything will be forgiven. <laughs> Boogie fingers. <laughs> all right so i i think that that concludes our wrestling segment yeah. <laughs> welcome to WrestlePod. <laughs> uh so let's jump into unless you guys have anything else you want to cover before we go into uh what we've been watching a, i'm gonna pull the covers over my head in a minute <laughs> night night we're, we're going long a little bit oh, right. started, like. well, there's that too um, so the shows we've been watching, uh, the biggest one I think we need to hit is Walking Dead's back. 
some of us it's been back for over a week but yeah um, i'm on episode two already so all right we're not <laughs> i'm on episode two already <laughs> you gotta make sure the finger's in there <laughs> all right all i gotta say is this all right like just sticking with episode one because that's all you guys have seen um i am not happy with the end of that episode not for the the normal reasons um i i'm I feel like they are going to destroy all of the goodwill and character growth that Negan's done over the past years. And uh, even if they don't have him go all the way bad, that was just, I don't care what Angela Kang says in the behind the scenes segment after the episode. Uh, it was a bad move. I agree. Yeah. Uh, not what I, what I thought was going to happen. Like I, I thought this was going to be the redeeming spot and they yeah. were, this is where they were going to start to repair the rift. Yeah, and the fences yes. or whatever, and then and they're gonna pull a freaking Glenn on them. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I don't. You say Negan has some sort of redeeming qualities. I I couldn't disagree more. Negan is always Negan. He's always been Negan. He'll always be Negan, and he is exactly who he's always been. He'll always be exactly who he's always been. Just exactly like Coleman Domingo's character in Fear the Walking Dead. It doesn't matter what happens day to day. A human being is always going to fall back to what they know. And as we know, this these stories, Walking Dead, is a story about people. It's not a story about, about zombies. It's a story about people. And while we well, we wish that you know people can be redeemed, the reality is Negan has always done exactly what he needed to do to survive. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong there. I, I can't, you know, I can't get on board that train um, specifically because redeeming doesn't necessarily mean he has to not be the person he is. We've seen him in the past. We know that, I mean, he is not a bad guy in the traditional sense. No. Like he's not the governor. You know, he did what he had to do to survive. He's also capable of being kind to a child, risking himself to save um what's her face grimes who we judith. haven't seen judith yeah. we haven't seen in forever uh, hey she was in he, episode one he, for a tenth of a second yeah he he's not a completely awful guy and part of the problem here is that they can't use the comic book ending for negan anymore right because they already did in the jail cell when she decides not to shoot him because he's pathetic Okay, so they can't do that anymore. So the only place to go with him is, is get to a point where while she may, I mean, they're, they're not going to get together and make sweet, sweet love, but yeah. they can coexist because he is a valuable member of the, the community. If they go back to she kills him because he's an asshole, then this entire past few years, it's just been a waste. Yeah. You know, why bother? Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think I think Maggie holding on to what Negan did to Glenn, I think is completely valid, yes. and her oh, yeah. her, in, her inability to see him for anything other than what he was then is completely valid. Yes, and his inability to see her as the leader she's become, understanding that everyone there is following her because it was a choice they made, not because she's being some sort of vile dictator. You know, he doesn't like the situation. He doesn't like where he is. So he lashes out because that's what he does. Because when he's not in control and when he's not making the decisions, he's going to make sure that he, somebody else looks bad 
so that he can look good. That's who he is. When it comes right down to it, is he is he good to children? Sure. Is he good to women overall? Yeah, because that's who he was. But the reality is, it always has been, it always will be, he will always do what's best for Negan first. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of disenchanted because the ending kind of looked like uh, another episode that we'd seen in the past. <laughs> I immediately went to my wife. She crawled up <laughs> in the dumpster, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, come on, you know, okay, we got different showrunners, but why do you got to repeat the same thing? Yeah, so. Right. Did they? Didn't they? You know what really happened to Maggie? You know we're gonna well, find she's out. Not, she's and, not. And, she's not dead. And you will find probably out not. In the next episode. They're, yeah. They're I, I immediately turned to Kristen and said they didn't sign her to come back for three episodes. There's right. two, there's there's two possibilities here. Now don't forget this. Let's say she's not dead. Okay, but maybe she was bitten. They can run an entire storyline, an entire season. And the time from she gets bitten until the time that she gets her her head, you know, posted onto a spike, right? They could run an entire season that way, and they could do a hell of a lot in a day or, you know, day and a half, two days worth of whatever happens between, you know, A and B. So so did they bring her back for a season? Did they bring her back for both seasons? It doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're done anyway. So, right. I, I, don't, I don't see them killing her off. I just don't see that. Uh, you know, obviously Daryl's not going anywhere because he's getting his own show. Neither same with Carol. These guys, they're they're getting their own show. I don't, but like like Paul said, I don't think they brought her back for her couple a handful of episodes. Of episodes yeah. Yeah. Never get, get bit, and ever you know, she's yeah. finally. I I think she's finally come to grips. I mean, she's got her son, which is Glenn's son. Yeah. You know, I think she's got that. I think it's kind of like, well, I've got everything I've got, but the only obstacle I see in my way is this right here. So I'm going to hold on to that grudge to keep pushing me forward. But at the same time, I know that, you know, we need him for whatever's coming. And if he dies, he dies. So be it. Well, I I honestly miss the days when, you know, anyone could die at any time. I I miss those days because that's when the show was really great. You never knew who was going to make it and who wasn't going to make it on a day, you know, on a, on a show by show basis, you know, let's not, let's not forget um, Carl's character was uh, led on to believe that he was going to be around for a while, went out and bought a house and they killed him off the next episode. So, uh, you know, his father, his father was pissed enough to say something about it to the press. So, you know, those days unfortunately are gone. Um, yeah. But I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see him. Okay, yeah, they brought Maggie back. You know what? Fucker. Let's just you know put one in her head, and move, let's move on. Let's find out who the next uh, big character is going to be. I, there's a couple of people that could really pull it off and pull it to the end of the show. I don't think we need Maggie to go to the end of the show. I I, I really don't. You know, we've been without her for long enough. Um, but you know, that's that's the that's the great thing about this show. You never really know what's going to happen. Um, right. and, and I'm, I'm still hooked. I'm still in. I'm going to be. Did you guys catch the, did you guys catch the Easter egg in there? Ooh. Don't tell me. I'm going to go. I got to watch it a couple more times. I've oh, only watched it twice. It's, it's real quick. I've it's only a real watched quick it twice. Thing. Uh, 
So Kev said, don't tell him. So uh, you right, guys hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go, go ahead. Did you catch the, Did you catch Heath's name on the board? Heath. Heath. No, no. I didn't. When when they're when they're coming when they're coming through, did you see his name? See it twice, real quick. Oh. Flash, and then it showed again another flash. No kidding. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. good, Kev. All right. No, I did not catch that. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go see if I can find it now. Right now, while we're still actually, learning. Kevin's no. gonna be like, I watched that episode 62 times. What the <laughs> fuck were you talking? About? I always, I always do though. I'll watch those. I'll watch those episodes over and over and over again. <laughs> so, you know, I between. Mean, it was just one of the, I, I, I'm surprised I caught it. So nice. Um. So the rest of our our weeklies, uh, Star Girl, not a whole lot really happening it's unfolding we got yeah. to see the shade really into it which i was really cool with but yeah. i mean really that's all we really got that in the thunderbolt yeah yeah um titans was great as usual yes yep uh, heels, i saw the first one heels was was actually better there i think that's coming into its own um my at the end of the episode my wife was like okay we can watch it so <laughs> but yeah it was re- it was a really good episode it was. Nice. I liked it. I'm looking I, forward I've to get on board with this show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next next week's episode. So uh, nice. I was actually impressed. It was nice. It was, you know, it came. They kind of came full circle with everything that was going on. So yeah, and it had everything. It had humor, um, yeah. drama. I mean, the, the whole kit and caboodle. It was a well packaged uh, hour of TV. Awesome. Um, I uh, I watched a movie this week. I, I want to recommend. Um, from I think it's A24 Pictures, uh, a movie that's been kind of like on the radar for a long time, The Green Knight. Oh, nice. I want to see is, that. It is a retelling of a, a poem, an Arthurian legend. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail. I will say that most of it is probably fine for kids, except for you know the scene where you actually see a guy's cum all over his hand, which <laughs> kind of came out of left field, but apparently there's an actual, there's a... a I had to look it up so that I could understand. No, no, there, there's no quotes here. That's what it is. Um, Where was his uh, finger? <laughs> no, not going to get into it. What I will say is the movie, while slow, okay, it was like a, a Del Toro film. It was fucking beautiful. Nice. Like, I didn't care that it was slow. It was acted impeccably, and it was beautiful, and it was like a fucking fever dream. You totally need to watch that without I the I want to see person. that one. Good. Outstanding. Um, otherwise, uh, what if, did you guys watch that today? Yeah, it was was cool. It was cool. It wasn't necessary. Um, it's just basically a, what if Hank goes nuts and kills all the Avengers? Yeah. And Avery was like, why isn't this the last episode? All the Avengers are dead now. What are they going to do next? And we're (laughs) like, we've been trying every week. We're like trying to explain the concept of this and she just can't get it. Nice. Um, the kids are on board. They've got it so far. But, uh, but really, otherwise, that that's all I've really got. Um, oh. Last thing I have is my uh, my my wisdom nugget to take us out. Yeah, I'm checking my notes. I only have this. Oh, you know what this is, Paul? No. You know how I've told you that I get those stabbing ice pick headaches? Oh no! Yeah. Well, the um, the other morning, I actually counted it for an hour so that I can because I've never done that before, so I can bring it to my doctor. 115 stabs in 60 minutes. That's oh, not fun. Crap. Yeah, it's fun. Fun shit. Oh, ew. Yeah. No. That's not good. Before you drop your wisdom, I got, I got a question to ask. 
Okay. Is anyone looking forward to Doom Patrol coming back? Yes. I, I have to start that watching that. Yeah. So you like it, Hugh? I love it. I think it's the best show on TV. Is it because it follows the comic book? Is that what's no, going on? Never read the comic book. Oh. It's just fucking amazing. And Timothy Dalton is God. So anything with him in it, I'm all for it. Which one's Timothy Dalton? The, the old guy, the, the professor, doctor guy, the oh. former James Bond, Timothy Dalton. Okay. And then oh. all. All right. So this week's wisdom nugget. <clears throat> Finding out your man's a little bitch has to be the worst gender reveal party ever. <laughs> Good night, everybody, and mega bite me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.